I'm speaking with Lorna Slater this half hour. She's the co-leader of the Scottish Green Party and MSP, a member of Scottish Parliament for the Lothian region and Minister for Green Skills, the Circular Economy and Biodiversity. We've been talking about Nicola Sturgeon, Scotland's First Minister, announcing earlier this week that there is, in fact, a timetable uh, for another Scottish independence referendum by the end of 2023. We're talking a bit about how, why that uh, would be supported by both both Lorna Slater and the Scottish Greens, uh, as well as why it would be a good thing for Scotland. At the same time, why uh, Westminster is uh, is you know obviously not in a position, or at least not showing any sign that it wants to allow this referendum to take place. Um, Lorna, in terms of the question, because I've been seeing a bit about this, you know, we think back to the question in the 2014 referendum, it was so clear, independence, yes or no. And that was so different from what we saw in Quebec in 1980 and 1995. Will you campaign or will you fight to make sure the question is as concise as it was in 2014? I think we should ask exactly the same question that we asked in 2014. The question is the same. What's changed is the circumstances. Yeah, the circumstances have changed. I mean, what impact, uh, just so for listeners who may not know, in terms of in terms of Brexit, uh, clearly uh, voters in Scotland voted overwhelmingly against it. That's correct. So Brexit is the big thing that has changed. Scotland was taken out of the European Union against the wishes of the Scottish people. And as a result, Brexit is devastating our economy. We don't have enough labour to work in our hotels and shops and hospitals. We don't wear, you know, crops um, and, ag- you know, things like agriculture outputs are rotting in the fields because we don't have people to to pick those. We don't have the labor. The, the sterling has crashed. You've seen it. It's fall. We've put barriers in place. Brexit has put barriers in place for our businesses. There are many businesses in Scotland that can no longer trade with Europe because there's too much paperwork. Far from being this exercise in burning up paperwork, burning up red tape, which the Tories always, always pretend is a good idea, what it's done is create barriers and create red tape for our businesses to trade with our largest trading partner, which is the EU. So it's been absolutely devastating and it continues to be. It is a rolling disaster. There is no good news from Brexit. You know, the next things that are starting to come in already is uh, the UK starting to use pesticides, which are banned in the EU, lowering food standards to allow trade agreements with countries that have lower standards for agriculture, lower standards for food. That is not what we want. The EU has the world's highest standards for food for animal for treatment of animals for things like managing pesticides we want to be part of that regime we want to be part of the world's best and highest standards and so it is it is the scottish green policy to rejoin the eu as soon as we can after scottish independence to get those benefits back Although, Lorna, you know as well as I do that joining the EU, especially with countries like Spain, who have their own um, issues with with independence within their territory, can be difficult. It's not a given. So we have colleagues in Spain. The the Green Party is a global movement, and there are European Green colleagues in Spain. And as long as our referendum is fully legal and constitutional, they have no problem with it at all. The situation in Spain is constitutionally quite different. And, of course, the First Minister has committed that any referendum will be fully legal and constitutional. When it comes to uh, just the, the, I mean, if Brexit did show something, it's also the pain of divorce. Uh, ending a 300-year union will not be easy. I think Nicola Sturgeon this time around has even alluded to the fact that there would be economic challenges. Um, what about, what about? I mean, when you look forward, what about that, especially now with, with affordability issues, we're coming out of a pandemic or we're hoping to be coming out of a pandemic, there's inflation, there's all kinds of other sort of uh, bread and butter issues to be fighting right now. Why concentrate on a referendum and, and, and the pain of that, of both the campaign, the divisiveness and the, uh, and the actual uh, pain of separation if it were to happen? 
because we're right now seeing the pain of staying in this union. So Scotland is a progressive country. We want to be fairer and greener. The UK is not a progressive nation. The Conservatives, who've been in power for more than a decade, uh, have what we call austerity politics, and that is shrinking the state, removing that valuable social safety net, making poor people poorer, whilst at the same time pocketing, you know, pocketing loads of money for their pals and taking money offshore, allowing tax evasion, that sort of thing. That is not part of, that is not an economy that's benefiting Scotland. The UK economy is a basket case and it's because it's being run in that way. The pain that we're seeing in Scotland, the cost of living crisis, inflation, all of that is because of Westminster policies. In Scotland, we have only very limited powers in our parliament. We want those full powers because we want the people of Scotland to benefit from the more progressive choices that we would make. We spend a lot of the Scottish budget, which is a fixed budget. We get a sort of fixed budget from the from Westminster. We spend a lot of that mitigating harm. So we have things like the Scottish child payment, which which is money into the pocket of everyone with young children just to help people get by. We, we have free school meals for school children. We have free bus travel for everyone 21 and under in Scotland. These are progressive policies to make Scotland a fairer and better place to live. And we could do more if we had those powers here. So it's, it's the wrong thing to say that there would be more pain from separating. It is painful for the people of Scotland to be in this union. We can do better out of it. One of the issues that always came up in Quebec, of course, I sorry, I'm sorry to keep going back to the Canadian context, but for, for both you and I, I think it's very relevant, um, of the never-ending referendum where you have one, if you lose, you have another one, if you lose, you have another one again. Uh, would this be the last one? Democracy is a process of achieving consent between governed and the people who govern. Democracy is not a one-off event. We don't hold elections once and then stay them forever. We hold elections here every five years and for local and parliament, you know, Scottish parliament and for Westminster parliament. It is a, con- it is a process of consent. And the people of Scotland have repeatedly voted for pro-independence politicians at Westminster and at Holyrood. The people have voted for this. We stood on a mandate to hold this referendum. And that's what we're doing. We're, we're following through on our promise to the Scottish people. Is 50 plus one enough? Is that, is that the barrier? That is the barrier. That was the barrier for Brexit. Of course, we hope to do much better than that. So the papers that was published today is the first of a series of paper that we'll be publishing as the Scottish government to talk to people about what an independent Scotland could look like, what the opportunities are, what structure we might have, all the questions that people will want to know about, setting out that um, that conversation really, to have a national conversation about what kind of country that we want to be. And I hope in allowing people to see the opportunities here, for example, the opportunities to have a written constitution, like all Canadian children, I learned about the Canadian Charter of Rights um, and Freedoms when I was growing up. We don't have something equivalent here. The UK does not have a written constitution. We have the opportunity in the next few years, if we become independent, to write a constitution for Scotland, to capture what those rights and freedoms might look like for the people of Scotland. And those would be captured in perpetuity. We have the chance to do something new, and it is really time to capture that chance and take this opportunity. As a last question, uh, Lorna, you find yourself right in the thick of it as a Canadian in this very uh, charged topic. Uh, How is it? It's exciting to be right in the thick of it. It's very exciting to be a government minister with the portfolio that I have that's so relevant. Biodiversity, we know nature is in crisis all around the world. I grew up with stories of loss. This species is extinct, that species is extinct, loss of habitat, to be part of the effort to turn that around. For example, we've reintroduced beavers into Scotland. When my father grew up in the UK, they were extinct, hunted to extinction. Whereas Scottish children today will grow up with beavers being part of their landscape. And for a Canadian with the biodiversity portfolio, I think that's a wonderful thing. There couldn't be anything more Canadian than that. Lorna Slater, thank you so much for your time.
Thank you so much for having me on.